Know what they say about the rose out the concrete, flowers blooming in dark rooms, poofing when God speaks. Where the passion and grind me, call it perfect timing or alignment, the assignment provide peace. Confirmation through conversation, my knees been bloody, been praying for patience, embracing these affirmations, we made it. Hard times, but we made it, been shaking the devil off under pressure, we never faded, we the living proof. But a promise, being honest, we cut from a different cloth. Black X and the satisfyingness, we the living proof. I don't deserve it, far from perfect. A product of taking chances and leaning on his discernment, we the living proof. Living legends, it's a blessing to be a blessing. Providing the youth for the new perspective, we the living proof. The living proof, the living proof, y'all. Alright, this is gonna be a special. No, definitely different episode of, of Living Proof. Um, and what's crazy, I'm gonna be completely 100% honest with you guys. Uh, last night I recorded a video um, and I was gonna post it. And then it was like, I guess I gotta call it what it is. The Holy Spirit was just like, um, nah, don't do it, don't do it. Um, and so in, in the video, uh, I, I meant everything I said uh, 100% that I made last night. Uh, but in, in reality, um, I, I believe it's a thing of, of being a little too real, um, and, and too real. What I mean, based off you know my opinion, and I guess my belief system, which I really can't go off of, but it definitely would have ruffled a lot of feathers, and I think I would have cut off you know an audience that maybe needed to hear uh, what I was going to say uh, because of how I said it. Remember the, the method over the message, what we talked about before, um, but. So I said, I'm, I'm gonna back up a little bit. It's crazy, because I'm actually in like a much better mood. Uh, I'm sure not the only one, these past couple of days have been dark, not even for African-Americans, but for everybody. Um, dealing with the whole COVID issue coming off of that. Um, and I guess like I said, coming off of it, I really don't know. Um, but just looking at the whole aspect um, of everything going on right now, it's been heavy. And so yesterday, uh, we took the boys hiking uh, with Young Brothers Academy, YBA, the way we took the boys uh, hiking. And it was really, it was really just an amazing time to get away. Um, we were still able to drop gems uh, inside of them. And so while, while I seen, uh, you know, people protesting, and my heart was definitely with a lot of them. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but I felt like my form of protest um, and stand up against systems uh, that in terms oppress us, uh, we're spending time with uh, our youth, um, and that was something that really, I guess, was strong in my heart. Is because uh, um, we talk a lot about legacy and things we want to leave behind. Um, not saying the, the kids wouldn't have benefited at a protest, because they definitely would have. Um, but just having that time to get away, um, and I think sometimes that's what we have to do. Uh, even with this whole situation, man, it, it's heavy. Uh, but just to take a step back, you know what I'm saying, and just to really um just feel you know what i'm saying um and get through it so today i'm feeling a lot better um and, and i just thought i'd come and share a few things um and this this kind of has no uh, nothing to do i guess with living proof the series um but in terms it does dealing with healing um and especially within the black community man we we have a lot rightfully so that we still uh, need healing from um but before uh, I, I get into my thoughts about the whole um, the George Floyd situation. Um, and, and first, let me say before I say anything I'm about to say, um, I, I believe those police officers, everyone involved with that killing, that murder, 
uh, should be thrown in jail um, and, and forever. And whatever happens to them in jail is up to between them and God. Um, and, I, and I truly believe that. Um, but I wanted to preference uh, everything I was going to say to kind of give you guys some context um, into how I think. Um, and so I know when this video gets posted, people are going to find something negative. Uh, people are going to find something uh, basically, you know, to say about it, to pick through. I might even lose my black card, you know what I'm saying, whatever that is, and get uninvited to the cookout. Um, that's cool, but if you know me, you know what I'm saying, you know my heart. And so I do want to take this time to provide, um, I guess, a little context um, and just to how I think and my perspective. Hopefully you be able to, you know, dig in with my perspective with me. You can kind of get an understanding of where I'm coming from uh, and take it with love. All right, so backing up to the summer, uh, I can't even remember the year, uh, but it was at a call me Mr. Um, internship. Excuse me. But we was at a coffee mister internship and we was in one of the classes and this guy was talking about critical thinking and, and to really be able to critically think. And before this time we, we hear that word critically a critical thinker and it's a buzzword really. Um but he really challenged us um in a way to really critically think. And so what I mean by that, he asked a question, and I, and I, I want to leave this question with you guys as well. Uh, he said, what if everything you ever believed in was a lie? Um, and whew, a young brother from the South, you know, that being said to him, I'm like, hold up, bro. Like, what you trying to say? And he was basically like, he, he rephrased, he said the same question again. He was like, what if everything you ever believed in was a lie? Now, I, I probably can't tell you what he went on to say because my mind, I'm already a deep thinker. My mind was going, uh, excuse me, a thousand miles a minute. And so the first thing I thought about was religion, right? Uh, what if what if God, you know, wasn't real? What if there wasn't anything after death? Um, and so I, I definitely wrestled with that for a little bit. Um, but what I really started to see, even looking at the word, is that God intended, you know, for us to have heaven on earth. Um, and that if we are truly Christians or uh, want to consider ourselves spiritual or whatnot, um, the life of Jesus is, is really how, you know, the, the principles within the Bible and the life of Jesus is really true leadership um, and in essence how we should live our lives. And so uh, I didn't choose to become a Christian uh, because I guess, you know, just things after life. And I know that's a, that's a, a perk of it. But I really chose to become a Christian or, or follow that walk of life uh, because of how Jesus led. And he led through love, and I, and I really believe that's the answer. And also my personal experience with my faith, um, like, I can't even explain it, but I, I do understand, you know, there's people out there you know, that does not believe what I believe in, and it's perfectly cool, with, it's fine with me. Uh, I'm not here to, to push religion or any of that things. I'm just telling my story, you know what I'm saying, and, and connecting. Uh, my thought process, and so who would who would who would have known you know what religion I might believe in had I been raised in a different family, and I had to understand that. So I understand people don't think the way I do, and so even thinking through that whole process uh, of what if everything you ever believed was a lie, I had to think. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if I was raised in a different family? You know, what what if I did? You know, come up within a different culture in a different country. Um, and so 
I had to accept the fact that I may be wrong, um, and there I, I may be wrong about my faith. And I think that's the whole idea of faith, right? Is is to believe in the power of belief. And so um, that really helped me understand religion a lot, because um, I used to look at just being honest and candid. I used to look at people at different faiths, and I'm like, what's wrong with them? You know, say do they not know the true God, the living God, the one who rose? Just going on, right? Uh, but I really had to sit back and look, you know what I'm saying, that they believe what they believe for the same reason I believe what I believe. And so my faith has just been, you know, a big thing, but just also helping me to see humanity and, and just light differently um, and to truly be able to see both sides. Uh, in the first episode, I don't know, you're probably going to see this before you see the first episode, and that's perfectly fine. Um, but. I was telling my story about the courthouse, working at the courthouse uh, in Anderson. That's how this, this poster or news clipping I see behind me came from, uh, from when I first told my story and my life changed, the whole healing process, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, and so I was thinking about uh, working at the courthouse. If you know anything about Anderson County, uh, super Republican. Um, and I was working at the courthouse under a Democratic um, excuse me, county administrator. So that was an interesting dynamic uh, within itself. Um, but let me go ahead and be honest. When I talk about being, working at the courthouse, uh, being a county uh, intern or whatnot, I was a glorified dude boy, let's be real. And so just imagine you at your job, you don't feel like making copies, you don't feel like filing papers, you don't feel like running to the store for the company. Hey, yo, Justin, I need you to do this. And you know, at the time I definitely didn't mind. Uh, just because of the rooms it put me in, the places I was able to go. Uh, so I was happy, you know what I'm saying, and run to the store. You know, it gave me something to do anyway. And the thing I hated about being an intern was filing papers. Oh my God. Like the first thing, every time I walked into work, <laughs> I have a stack of papers on my desk. You know what I'm saying? It had to be filed. Uh, but that's probably the only part I hated about that job. Uh, but it put me in different rooms and afforded me different opportunities. For example, uh, it was this lady, uh, Miss Cindy, Miss Cindy Wilson. Uh, I love her. Uh, she's on county council here in Anderson, um, and it's gonna be a part of the book later. So y'all probably gonna hear the story again because it it goes back to you know just perfect time and no alignment. Um, but she invited me uh, to this horse show. Now I ain't never been to no horse show. Long story short, back up a little bit, Justice. I was being the do boy. Uh, she needed some, uh, I don't know what you call them, things you put posters on, easels. She needed some easels, um, and so I had to go around different places finding her some easels, and so I delivered them to her. And so while we was, while I was delivering them to her, she was like, you know what, uh, you should come to the horse show. She was like, bring your friends. Now I think, I don't know if she thought that, you know, I just got to give the invitation or the, this brother really about to come to the horse show. Um, but I took her up on it, and so me and my homeboy Bison and my homeboy Alvin, we pulled up at the horse show, <laughs> the blackest stage there, uh, looking like, you know what I'm saying, we knew what we was doing, uh, but it was just an amazing experience, and she was blown away at the fact that we even came, and so that was really what, what sparked our relationship, um, and so next thing you know, Ben Carson came to town uh, in Anderson. And so, because she was on county council, you know, she had the, the plugs and the connects. And so she, she invited me to come out of here and speak. And so I did not know what I was getting myself into. Oh my God, I wish Mike was here because he could tell y'all a little bit about the experience 
because um, I don't think I ever been that uncomfortable in my life, but let me keep going. And so I hit up Mycin. I was like, you know what? I got invited to this uh, heat because he, he uh, spent some time with me at the county. He met my boss, kind of hung out with me at work. Uh, so I was kind of familiar with him too. Uh, so I called him up. I was like, look, bro, I got this invitation to him being Carson. And we kind of already been hearing about him. And so uh, we, we went into this room. Uh, it was probably, y'all gonna think I'm lying. It was probably like 500 plus white people. Now, I grew up around, you know, a good bit of white people. Um, I'm trying to think where I've ever been in a room that white. Can't think of none. So you can only imagine, you know what I said, just being in a state of disequilibrium. This, I'm gonna get that word out, hold on. Disequilibrium. Um, whew, that was tough. But just really what was going through our minds, um, man. It's just like, my heart started beating fast. They had like the red, rider blue, playing like little banjo music. And me, Bison, Bill Carson, and somebody that worked with him was the only black people in there at all. And so, of course, we walk in, the room already filled. Two black boys, they like, whoo. And then Miss Cindy Wilson come grab us. I said, definitely, like, who these boys is? And so, we finally, uh, they sit us down. They sit us dead in the middle. Uh, of the whole the, the arena, the place that it was at. And my God, man, I, I've never been so uncomfortable in my life. Um, but it, it really helped me to, I guess, see another side and just to see how other people think and not even counting my experience at Anderson University um, because that gave me a complete, you know, sense of one exposure, you know, to how white people think um, and just how they operate. Um, and it definitely was some confusing times. Like, why do you do this? Why do you think like that? Um, but just being being in that position, those uncomfortable positions, helped me really to, one, get back to that word humanity, but being able to see another side. And so I'm saying all this to give you guys context uh, going into how I feel about this whole situation. Um, and so... Just being 100% real, um, it, it really was hurting my heart to see all the protests, oh, not the protests, excuse me, I love the protests, but the rioting and looting that was going on. Um, and I understand people quote the whole term, you know, rise up, language is unheard. Um, people talked about Jesus flipping the tables, and I, and I get it and I understand it. And I'm not condemning people for rioting at all, um, but I, I do feel like um, there has to be a better way. And I know people that got so much in trouble for saying that, people that got kicked out the black community, you know what I'm saying, for saying there should be a better way. Um, but when I look at what happened, like I said, the, the police officer should be in jail. Uh, the, what happened in Minneapolis with, you know, the police, um, it, it, it's tough, man, it's tough. Um, but, but really, um, my heart just really went out, you know, to help us not miss, you know, the the reason, uh, the purpose behind what's going on right now, and not not giving anybody, you know, what I'm saying a pass at all. Just making sure we clear on that. Um, but in 2020, it has to be a better way, um, and and when I say a better way, it has to be a purpose and it has to be a plan uh, to how we move. Um, and, and Killer Mike said something, you know, so profound, you know what I'm saying? How's the time for us to really strategize 
um, and, and put things together. People always bring up, you know, the civil rights movement and, and how they moved, uh, but they moved with a plan. And I think one thing we got to understand, and even having that conversation with our youth, you know, about the way to interact with police, uh, one that's a BS conversation that we really shouldn't be having. Uh, but the, the the realness of it is that we have to have it, you know, with our youth uh, and, our, and our people of color and our, our, our black kids, um, because you do have to comply a certain way. Uh, you have a lot of cops. I can't even say a lot of cops. You have cops who got that power struggle. We see the same thing with teachers. You know what I'm saying? How teachers get into it with kids. It's a power struggle. Uh, I, I gotta assert my power. I, I gotta show that, you know what I'm saying? I'm in control. Um, well, if you know anything about leadership, that's toxic. It's a toxic trait. And so we have police with these power struggles who gotta not only show you, you know what I'm saying, they gotta make you feel it, you know what I'm saying, which is completely sad. Um, but there is a certain way that we have to move and we have to act. But we also have to understand that there's no 100% guarantee with anything in life uh, because you have people to comply. And I think that's the heaviest and saddest thing uh, to be able to say that our youth is that you can do everything right you know what I'm saying, and still end up dead, still end up behind bars. Um, and so I think people from other ethnic backgrounds, God, that's one thing you got to understand is, is what we live through daily. Um, and, and no, I'm not going to be one to say that I wake up every day in fear that I'm going to lose my life. Uh, but because of my faith, you know, I'm a firm believer that we don't walk in fear. Um, and it goes back with the power of belief. That's always in the back of your mind, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's what you're going to be looking for. And I, I'm a true believer, what you feed grows. Uh, what you give that energy to, um, it, it grows, it gets larger. And so um, when I say that there has to be you know, a better way, um, there has to be a plan, there, there has to be something put in motion. Uh, and I do hate the fact that we, we talk about MLK uh, as, as something peace, as someone peaceful um, that, that didn't uh, knock if he needed to buck, you know what I'm saying? Like Martin Luther King wasn't one to be played with. And I, and I think that's one why he ended up in those places that he was in because not only did he speak truth in, in the places that he was in, but he asserted himself uh, within it. Um, and, and people say, you know, Malcolm X was just the eye for an eye. Martin Luther King, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't backing down from you, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't no punk in, in peace uh, with, that, with that whole scenario. Um, Martin Luther King, man, they, they had a plan. They, they met in churches. Man. They, they met anywhere they could, you know, to talk about that plan, develop, and then execute. Um, right now, we, we're just acting out of emotion. Um, and I understand it, um, but also we got to understand that coming from an emotional point, uh, excuse me, coming from an emotional uh, point is dangerous. Um, and that it, it, coming out of emotion definitely cause, causes more harm uh, than good. Um, and I really feel like uh, we should be praying and just thinking about the family of George Floyd. I um, mean, in saying that, and I know I'm about to lose a lot of people saying this, we definitely gotta play, pray for these police officers and their families. Uh, the things I'm seeing, man, even in Greenville, man, and, and, and just to be real, it disgusted me. I seen people just going off in cops' face, yelling at them, cussing at them, calling them out their names, calling them crackers. I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, but we sit here saying this is a peaceful protest. Um, and it's like, they kept saying the, the the police was trying to provoke them. And if you looking at it, like y'all provoking them. And it's just like, if you caught them on any other day, you know what I'm saying, yelling and going off at them, it's gonna be a different story. You know what I'm saying, without the uniform. 
And even if it had a uniform, like that took that took some serious, you know, self-control not to go off, especially in, in your mind, that's what I'm saying, seeing something from another side. Um, you didn't do anything, you know what I'm saying? Like this happened in a whole nother state, but you yelling in my face and, and act like I'm out here killing black people. Um, but we also gotta remember, you know, these, these police officers, one, are not all white. Um, they're, they're somebody's uncle, they're somebody's dad, they're somebody's brother, they're somebody's sister, right? Somebody's mother, auntie, right? These, these people, although that's the career path they chose, I know people are like, well, this is what y'all signed up for. This is not what police signed up for. Police initially, you know what I'm saying, wanted to make a difference. Now, I'm not saying it's not dirty cops. We know, man, it's dirty people everywhere. Um, and that's not what I'm sitting here trying to argue with you, but we definitely got to pray for these families, man, of these police officers. Um, because just like you, their goal is to make it home uh, as well. Um, and so I really think that we just have to, to be mindful um, of things we advocate for and things we do without thinking about that other side. Um, and I did make notes so I didn't get too rambled. Um, and so my, my, my next question, um, and it's, it's simply to our black brothers and sisters. Uh, I feel like we, we acting out of emotion, but we don't have like a, a direction to that anger, that direction to that, that emotion, that hurt. Uh, what do you want uh, and, and what do we want as a people? I feel like we do a lot of stuff without an ask. And so to some people, it's like, you know, so what are you really doing this for? Um, I heard a, a lot of different, you know, I guess objectives, and, and it wasn't collective. I heard people talking about affordable housing. I heard people talking about voting. I heard, heard people talking about a lot of different things, but nothing was strategic. Um, we, we talk about the civil rights area. Um, we, we talking about voter voting rights. You know, and, and things that even before then that had set us up for failure. Because uh, we can't forget, you know, about the, the grandfather clauses. We can't forget about the Jim Crow laws. We can't forget why the Freedmen's Bureau didn't work, you know, and, and just all the all the systematic oppression things. That was laws. Laws against black folk. Um, and I'm going to tell y'all, I'm going to be 100% real with y'all. I've been against this protest and everything, and, and rioting, and not protest, I keep saying protest, the rioting, the protest is cool, the peaceful, but the, the rioting and looting, and I started to pray. I woke up probably two mornings ago and started thinking about Black Wall Street. Wee! Man, if you don't know anything about Black Wall Street, please look it up. Um, I learned about it while in college, it's crazy, with all them years, without knowing anything about Black Wall Street, um, and you talking about Quick, quick synopsis on, on Black Wall Street, man. We had, it was a black city. Black, every, black owned everything. Like the, the black do dollar stayed in that community, they said for like five to six years uh, before it ever left. You had, you had your barbershops, your malls, uh, your, your salons, man, your banks, your hospitals, your dentists. In the same city, like all black owned, you know what I'm saying? And who burned it down? Who burned it down? Like, when, when we, we talk about race, but this whole idea of economics. When they seen we was on the same playing field as them, it became, we, we instantly became a threat. When we became free, we became a threat. Uh, so you got, I'm not going to a history lesson, but they shouldn't let us learn this stuff. We, we, we do learn this stuff, you know what I'm saying, in school we're supposed to. It depends on how the teacher teach it. But that's a story for another day. Um, but yeah, uh, what, what do we want? What is our ask? Uh, we, we talk about 40 acres and a mule, um, and, and black folk always talking about reparations. 
Um, and, and one thing, just doing my own research and looking into it, um, during that time, uh, your, your politicians stuff was talking to your, your black leaders. Um, and, and during that time, uh, black, your black leaders were your, were your pastors and things of that nature. And so they went to our black leaders and they asked, you know, what did you want? Do, what do you want? Uh, and it was like, do you want money? Uh, do you want us to police you? Yeah, our leader said no. Uh, one, y'all definitely not gonna police us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can police ourselves. And two, we don't want anything from you as far as money-wise, like no handouts. They said they wanted, you know, um, land, and they wanted tools to work it. They wanted to grow their own foods. They wanted basically their own Black Wall Street. You know what I'm saying? Tulsa, Oklahoma, and that, that's where the whole 40 acres and the mule came from. But when Abraham Lincoln died, that was done away with. I, I want y'all to look it up for y'all We can have this whole history lesson right now. And so uh, everything that I guess was supposed to help uplift, you know, the black community was shot down by who? White people. And now white people, let me talk to y'all right quick. I'm definitely not saying feel bad, feel sorry. You know what I'm saying? For, for what your ancestors did years ago. Um, they got to deal with that themselves, but at the same time, you in a perfect position right now not to be bound by them same shackles and that, and that same mentality that held your grandparents or their parents down. Uh, you got a chance to speak out and no, I don't know what you can say, um, but it can, it can start with your actions. You know what I'm saying? It can start with your, your, your want to expose yourself to something different. Uh, than you're used to. That, that's what it can start with. You know what I'm saying? It can start with tweaking Black Lives Matter and watch how, and watch how your family react. Um, we, we we say it and it, it definitely, you know what I'm saying? You you, you hurt all lives matter. You, you hurt so deep uh, when you say Black Lives Matter, but you got to think about why. <laughs> why does it hurt so bad? Mom and dad, why does it hurt so bad? You know what I'm saying? When you hear Black Lives Matter. Um, I think we really got to have that conversation. Um, so that, that it can be a place to start. I have people already reach out to me to ask me questions. I don't have the answers. I don't. Like I said, my, my firm belief is how I live my life daily um, and, and, and trying to really leave a legacy. And so, y'all, let's, let's, let's find a better way. Hit me up if you want to connect. Um, if, if you got areas you know, feel like you got an answer, um, we, we can we can really, you know what I'm saying, do things together and that's the only way it's gonna get done. That's the only way the civil rights movement ever worked is because they did it together. Um, but people also gotta understand, you you can't um, kill our leaders and get mad when we, we, we don't have no direction. Um, <laughs> it's kind of crazy, right? It's like for oil and fire, it's like, oh my God, that fire got big, you know. But what did you expect? Um, and so, our black leaders are here. Uh, we, we're definitely alive and well. Uh, we just have to come together. And you know I'm gonna say it till the day I die, black lives will forever matter. And so thank y'all for uh, listening to my heart. Um, definitely rest in peace to George Floyd and, your, and, and prayers to your family. Uh, I pray that your death is not in vain. Um, and I pray that God gets the glory um, out of all of this. Uh, thank y'all for tuning in to my TED Talk. Um, and this has been another episode of Living Proof. I guess a bonus episode. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, and we're definitely better together. We out.